Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Doing fine. All thank right. you. Good. Good. And uh, the best I can tell, uh, if you listen to some people, everything's doing well in Ukraine. Things are getting better, and the Russians are backing off, and peace is broken out. And <laughs> everybody's happy except Blinken. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yes, we, we need to deal with that because uh, it's, it's difficult for me uh, to finally make a final decision under circumstances like that. We can get bits and pieces of information, some of it's personal, some it's in the, in the papers, and some you, you take, you, you know they're going to say the opposite of what the truth is, yeah. and you have to uh, seek it out and search it, and under these conditions or any wartime conditions, there's a lot of lying going on. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I found out there's a lot of lying going on in government even when there isn't a war yeah. going on. During COVID, there were a few fibs told, you know, that sort of thing. But we're going to pursue that, and uh, right now, you know, the markets really were happy this morning. The stock market was up, and gold crashed down lots. And uh, interestingly enough, the dollar the dollar got weaker, which meant people, you know, uh, weren't as concerned uh, as a haven getting hold of dollars since everything else is uh, so much trash. Uh, but uh, they, they say, some people interpret this that the Russian, Russian said, we're backing off, you know. The interpretation was that, you know, we're not going to pursue this uh, activity in the East and Kiev. And uh, so that was, you know, might be a good sign. Maybe things are winding down. I don't happen to believe that, but there was an interpretation on that. Pe people like to hear that. and. Uh, and yet, at the same time, there were other headlines in the paper that almost, you know, said exactly, exactly the opposite. There was one here that I wanted to quote from, and, and that is uh, the, the, the one that uh, will scale back uh, the, from, uh, from Daily Mail. Oh, Daily Mail, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Putin's troops on the run. On the run. <laughs> you, you know, they weren't winding down because they were making progress. Uh, they, they were winding down because they were getting beaten. And uh, there's probably a little bit of fibbing on both sides, but I think the fact that uh, uh, the Russians are on the run, uh, they're strategically changing their uh, their their troop movements, but that's it. So figuring this out is a, is a real chore. Uh, there's too much goes on. And you know, I always say, you know, when 9-11 occurred, I wanted people to look at what caused it, who did it, uh, what's the motive, that type of thing. And, <clears throat> and we could go back a lot further than 2014, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, our involvement, our continued involvement, which is, uh, you know, uh, at times denied completely and totally, they're not, they're not really involved in this uh, proxy war. So th this is uh, th this is something that 2014 uh, had us allied uh, or us running NATO, and trouble started, and we're still. We're still suffering from that, you know, uh, and it has uh, motivated a conflict that uh, could go away in six months and people forget about it, which is not likely, or it could explode and be much worse in six months. And uh, hopefully the American people uh, wake up and put their foot down because, uh, quite frankly, they're worried about going to war, 
although they haven't been worried about uh, sanctions on Russia. So there's a contradiction there. I don't like contradictions. We, uh, we need to find out what is the best policy and then stick to it and uh, work for the cause of peace. Yeah. Well, the Daily Mail line, as you say, we take with a grain of salt. That's a Drudge Report kind of headline. Uh, but the reality is, I mean, the context of what's happening right now, and we're talking about the, the negotiations that have just started in Turkey. Turkey has good relations with both countries, and so it seems like a natural uh, choice to host the talks, and they're doing that. But the context of this is that we've, we've heard now from the mayor that Mariupol has fallen. There are a couple of pockets left of Azov fighters, but it has fallen. Ukraine no longer has an air force. It can't operate freely. It doesn't have a navy anymore. It can't operate freely. And the bulk of its troops are on the verge of being surrounded in Donbass. So the idea that the Daily Mail, I don't know what they're smoking over there, but it's not rooted in reality. As you point out, the truth is the, is the first casualty of war, and there's not a lot of good reporting out there. But the, um, the situation is that they started negotiations. Uh, and in fact, just put up that first clip because this will tell you this is the, the first thing. This is from Sky News UK. Ukraine war. Russia says it will fundamentally cut back military activity near Kiev and Chernihiv to increase trust in peace talks. I think that's a pretty standard move that you might make to kind of uh, show good faith that, hey, we're pulling back from Kiev. We're pulling back over here from the north a little bit uh, just to kind of ease your mind that we're not going to start bombarding and flattening Kiev. That might put it on a good front. Well, Blinken wasn't too happy. He wasn't having any of that. And we can actually put that next one up. Blinken poured some cold water on it, saying, U.S. Secretary of State Blinken says the U.S. has not seen signs of real seriousness from Russia. Uh, and this is from a journalist that's, that's traveling with him. So uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what it means. Uh, but as you point out, the markets... Uh, have responded a little bit to this. Right, and I want to talk a little bit about that, but, you know, on on Blanken, you know, does he tell the truth here? Which side is he on? You know, he, he might well be telling the, the truth right now, but what is his motivation yeah. uh, for it? And, of course, he's in the category that uh, there's a few people, just like uh, nobody, not, no, nobody, but there were a lot of people who didn't want the COVID epidemic yeah. uh, to go away either. They liked that conflict and the opportunity to expand the state. And uh, Blinken uh, is not going to be on the side of uh, let peace break out and do whatever we can to have peace. But no, the markets uh, were really bouncing around and gold, gold took a hit in the dollar, of course, uh, <clears throat> weakened. But uh, it, it, it to me was, uh, you know, why, why does gold get hit so bad? Some people would argue, uh, you know, gold should respond very positively. But there's a lot of factors. There's the logic behind printing money. If you went with just printing money, which is very, very important, might be the most important thing dealing with the long-term uh, pricing of the precious metals. But if, if, uh, if, if you have to take into the other consideration, how is the war really going and uh, which, one, which side are you going to believe? But the other thing you have to realize, and this is something that they don't talk about much, but might be very, very important, and that is the manipulation and the control by the, by the plunge protection team. The, yeah. the uh, presidential working group on financial markets because you know they have 
all the assets they want <coughs> to, to play in the markets and drive prices up or down and say, oh, Ron, that is so paranoid. That is so conspiratorial. Well, you know, during the Depression, it wasn't even conspiratorial. And American people went along with it. Things were bad. Do something. So the first thing they did was they stole all the gold from the American people. And they fixed the price of gold for decades. And, uh, and, and so it was, it was a price-fixing deal. And it was tolerated uh, for various reasons. But the same with it right here. <clears throat> They're very capable of doing it. They, they have the tools to do it with the Federal Reserve and, and all the financial markets. And they can do it. Ultimately, though, of course, I believe that uh, we're witnessing the shifting of, uh, of the money on the sidelines into things of real assets. That's why prices of houses are going up and properties going up. And gold basically has been going up. Uh, but today, when it looks like gold could go up $200, they might say, boy, we better watch it. We want to contain this rally in gold. So those, those kind of things happen. But uh, long term, uh, they're just they're indicators. But I think for a lot of people, they're very important. I know the financial markets uh, look at it. And even if the financial markets are pretty well agreed to look at this and say, this is negative for gold. It doesn't mean that uh, later today or tomorrow or the next day things will shift rather quickly. So uh, you can get some you can get some ideas about what other people are thinking about, and a lot of times they will give you some uh, give you some information. Yeah, well, I think this is a good little piece of analysis, and so I did a couple of tweets. This is Michael Kaufman. He's a senior fellow at the Center for New American Security, which is a hawkish think tank, but I think he's he's pretty well known as being quite objective. Uh, and a good analyst. So he's responding to Jim Sciuto, uh who's writing from NBC News saying, breaking, Russia's beginning to withdraw some forces from around the Ukrainian capital, Kiev. Uh, and, and Kaufman's analysis is, although I've been saying for a while, I don't think there would be a battle for Kiev. This is what, what I've seen. I would be surprised if they completely withdraw forces from the north because that would free the Ukrainian troops to reinforce in Donbass and give Ukraine a significant victory. The next one is, <coughs> um, the next, just hit the next one really quick, because I think it's just worth, uh, no, go back, sorry. Uh, go back. Uh, and then he says, Russian forces are likely to dig in, consolidate, and maintain pressure. So Ukraine has to retain military presence. Also unclear what happened around Chernihiv. Uh, but focus on Donbass was telegraphed several weeks ago. And this is where the bulk of the Ukrainian military is about to get encircled. And so are the next one. Now, putting this up because I agree with it. And I think he has a pretty uh, insightful, and this is, I think a lot of people that we know would see this too. He says, now this is a uh, conclusion. Consequently, we are likely to see consolidation around Kiev, an attempt by Russian military to fix Ukrainian forces there, while shifting the bulk of available fighting power to Donbass. I will make an updated threat, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's a pretty solid analysis. It flies in the face of the Daily Mails and the Drudge Reports and all the hysterical talk about what's actually happening on the ground. But nevertheless, sort of to, to finish this first segment, for Russia to offer that, hey, we're going to back off a little bit on, on Kiev, is probably a very uh, small little carrot that's being offered. But that's how things start, right? I mean, a little bit of negotiating, a little bit of here, a little bit of there. So I think despite what Blinken says, it's not a bad start. <laughs> Yeah, it's from my viewpoint, just a shame that we have to be so involved in this. And you say, well, don't we have a moral responsibility and a political responsibility <clears throat> to help the people who are getting beaten up by the big guys? And we have to have to be involved. But 
quite frankly, we don't know exactly what would be going on in Ukraine if there was no NATO and no American empire that ha occupies uh, a lot of countries, have been involved in so many countries, and uh, was very much involved in 2014. So we don't know exactly what, what, what would it be like in this country if we didn't have the empire to deal with. Well, it'd be different, and I quite frankly think things would be a lot better because this, the, the, the empire, contest going on now. It's really just starting because all we have seen, of course, in my lifetime was the expansion of the empire. Yeah. You know, remembering World War II and subsequently, even though it, the challenges were there and yet we're almost obsessed with uh, being, being in charge. But uh, right now, it looks like we have to be there and we're going to be there and the American people have to be manipulated and it'll cost a couple of dollars, but it seems like the markets, yeah, there's a little inflation going on there, but everybody's getting along quite fun, fine. And uh, we'll talk about the budget in a minute, but yeah. like, it, it doesn't matter, but, but it, you know, it seems like it doesn't matter, but it does matter. And I think that's what we're doing. We're shifting in to that area where where things are really starting to matter here at home because they can control the price of gold and other things like that but ultimately they can't tell the american people how to react with their little bit of reserves that are shrinking on what to do with it and, and that is uh you know pushing prices up is what they do they have to pay the prices and people will force it so we're, we're in for a mess just because of the big picture that we have this empire that aggravates and promotes this type of activity it's an entangling alliance that we could surely do without yeah and you mentioned what would be happening there if we weren't involved well if we hadn't been involved as you say you're not allowed to say this if we hadn't been involved in the beginning there would not be a war in ukraine right now uh, it doesn't mean that it, it glosses over what's happening right now. But, you know, the, the idea, the media, the, the idea is that he, that Putin literally woke up one morning and said, you know, I want to invade someone. I want to invade Ukraine. It didn't happen. And in fact, you know, in Aaron Maté, I sent you this article. He's, he's, he's really good. He's progressive, very good. But he, he wrote a piece yesterday. It was a great uh, kind of uh, background piece. But he talked about, and we've talked about it on the show, uh, the article written by Carl Gershman uh, in February 2014, right before the Maidan, when he wrote that Ukraine is the biggest prize in the new Cold War with Russia, and that bringing Ukraine in our orbit would put Putin, quote, on the losing end, not just in the near abroad, but within Russia itself. So clearly, he's a, he's, he works for the regime, he's paid by the government, clearly regime changes there. And Aaron also talked about a DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, uh, a, a paper that was leaked by WikiLeaks that came to the same conclusion he said they, the DIA found that um, Moscow views the U.S. as a critical driver behind the crisis in Ukraine and believes the overthrow of Yanukovych is the latest move in a long-established pattern of U.S. orchestrated regime change efforts. Uh, the DIA concluded that their perception is further reinforced by the events in Ukraine. So this regime change has been the policy of the U.S. And Biden just let the cat out of the bag in Warsaw. He accidentally said the truth. And everyone said, no, no, he didn't say it. And then he came back out and said, yes, I said it. Um, so this is the issue. If we hadn't pursued regime change in Russia, we would not have a war right now. It doesn't excuse the mayhem that's going on, but you have to understand the precedent of it. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's interesting to think about it, but we also are realistic to knowing exactly where we are and what we have to deal yeah. with. And the principles are all the same. I mean, whether it was... 
2,000 years ago or 5,000 years ago, there were still these contests going on <clears throat> between good and evil and trying to sort it out. <clears throat> it's just a tragedy for the people who would like to avoid it, have to witness this and feel so frustrated and then be bombarded. This is what it's aggravating. Bombarded with the propaganda to, uh, you, you know, to get people so so mixed up and saying that we, we can't even die. The Americans can't even decide, well, you know, uh, should we put sanctions on the citizens of uh, Russia or put sanctions on just the citizens in, in Ukraine or whatever we're going to do? And uh, it, it's, uh, it's just way, way too much. But like you say, we, we have to deal with it. Well, most Americans are on the level of either they used to put a mask on as their avatar on, on Facebook and then switch that out for a Ukraine flag. I mean, that's the level of thesis. Yeah. But you that? mentioned the word evil, and that's the appropriate word as we segue to the next segment. And we can even put that on. This is from our friends at antiwar.com and Dave DeCamp. Guess what it's all about, Dr. Paul? Money, money, money. Biden requests $813 billion for 2023 military spending. Is that a lot of money? It's more than I have in my pocket. Oh, $813 billion. And it went up a bit. He always goes up. But you know what? When we talked about this earlier, I said, Daniel, what you have to remember is that's not the real total. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? How, about the, how about calculating what was not taken care of and what was lost by spending that money somewhere else? But eight, $813 billion, billion it, it is a ton of money. And uh, and it's another cost is, you know, the fact that we don't have the money and the world still trusts the dollar. They say, I just print it up and, and send us weapons. You, you send the money to NATO and then send the weapons to us and take care of us. Yeah. And, and the whole wor world is, is going to be uh, dependent on this. But that's a, that is in, indeed a lot of money. But, you know, they have the printing press. But, you know, Democrats... Um, they like to downplay the printing press uh, at the same, even though it is uh, one of the most regressive taxes you can have. But uh, they're not bashful about listing taxes. So Republicans spend the money and they tax and they'll run up debt. But uh, see, the Democrats were rather blunt about this. Uh, I don't think a Republican would ever have proposed, a, you know, a, a trillion dollars of increase in taxes in one year and, and open-ended, you know. Yeah. So, so they're, they're going to raise taxes. The economy is going to weaken. And, and this, is, this, to me, as far as I'm concerned, is a, a, a real tragedy. And it will it will be paid for. If it wouldn't ha if it, we didn't have to pay for it, it would be no big deal. It would, everybody would be happy, you know. Yeah. And you just take care of everybody. But it doesn't work that way. Uh, it's just although the principle is the same, the countries go bankrupt. You will pay for it. Individuals go bankrupt, and corporations go bankrupt. They have to pay for it. <clears throat> they have to pay off the debt or liquidate the debt or whatever. And we're now in this position where this was one of the reasons why they said 2% inflation rate is good. Yeah. That'll keep down the real debt down a bit. Of course, it meant nothing. That was only for two days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now, now they're liquidating debt pretty fast. Isn't that good? Uh, no, no, not really. It's stealing. It's, uh, it's evil. And they spent all the money on things that weren't helpful to individuals. And they took it away from the people who might well have spent it in a better manner. And that's the big ripoff of military spending. You know, Rahm Emanuel is famous for saying, never let a good crisis go to waste. And that's exactly, I think, what we're seeing here. Everyone is terrified of 
this Russian beast invading. Next, they'll be in Boston or something. It's the perfect time to roll out this massive military budget, which is just mana from heaven uh, for the Beltway people, for the military, uh, for Washington, D.C. Uh, the Afghan war had ended. Syria was winding down. There's not a lot of activity there. Yeah, you still have the China threat. And in fact, as Dave DeCamp's subtitle suggests, the Pentagon says it needs the funds to focus on China. But these things were quieting down. This massive uh, war in Europe has got, there's no one that's going to go out there and say, hey, we need to cut this budget. It's just amazing how it always happened. The headlines come out about new conflicts when it's time to have a big budget like this. But you know... The individual who probably had the most influence on this one is Pelosi. Yeah. Remember her statement that what, what you need to do to take care of a deficit and inflation is you spend more money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you spend more money. And I guess what her theory is, is, oh, yes, that would stimulate the economy. Everybody would be making a lot of profits, and then we can tax them. And, and they actually claimed that the debt would go down. Matter of fact, even in some of these articles, they said that the, 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 under what Biden wants, the debt is going to go down. And everybody knows it's yeah. a lie, you know. <laughs> so it, yeah. it, it just does, doesn't work that way. But the machine has to go. The only thing, way I look at this is uh, in a mixed way, uh, it ultimately gets resolved. Uh, this whole thing comes down and the debt is liquidated and all these people look like jerks, but a lot of innocent people, yeah. you, you know, there's a lot of people who get lulled to sleep and, and uh, figure, well, what can I do about it? You know, and they go along with it. But uh, ultimately, though, uh, it, it, will, it will change. The big threat, though, is not so much that we'll be poor for a year or two, and we would be if they really had the correction. The big thing is, is what will they do with our personal liberties? Have we had all our liberties restored sure. since the COVID yeah. uh, episode? Not quite. Yeah. I mean, and the attitude, the psychology of it all, because, you know, even if they say, well, look, things are better now. We don't worry about COVID like we used to. The government's those vaccines were very good. Everybody's yeah. helpful, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. And they'll have more reliance on on, on, on the government. Same way with the Patriot Act. Nobody's, uh, how many times has anybody recently introduced a bill to repeal it? No. And sometimes when they have renewals, they, they'll talk a little bit about it, but uh, it's hard to reverse it. It reverses a little bit and the people feel good. They're not, instead of getting beaten over the head 10 times a minute, they're getting beaten over the head uh, five times a minute. Yeah. And they go, oh, I'm feeling better now. So, yeah. But it's uh, the money will be spent and they think it'll solve everything, which is not true. Well, the next segment is something that's I, I guess we would label an inadvertent truth again, because, you know, <laughs> Biden got in a little bit of trouble talking about he was talking to the 82nd Airborne saying, you guys are going to soon <laughs> you're going to find out what it's like in Ukraine. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> excuse me. And eyebrows were raised. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> are you sending us and into Ukraine, and then uh, Peter Ducey from Fox asked him, you know, these gaffes that you're making, uh, you know, do you think it's going to hurt your credibility? <laughs> I didn't make any gaffes. I didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> but then in explaining what he meant when he was talking to the 82nd Airborne about going into Ukraine, let's put this next one up. And here, this is the Dave DeCamp show today because he has another good piece in antiwar.com. Put up that next one. Uh, go before that, please. The one just before that. Biden appears to reveal that the U.S. is training Ukrainian troops in Poland. Uh, that's what he said he was doing. And in fact, we have a clip of him saying that just so people will know that he actually did say that. 
And I think when we get a chance, the first 20 seconds of this clip is him saying that. None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred. None of the three. Mr. President. You, you, you interpret the language that way. I was talking to the troops. We we're talking about helping train the troops in that are the, the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. That's what the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. So when you So trying to get out of a mess he created by saying the wrong thing, he actually creates a new mess by saying that we're training Ukrainians in Poland to kill Russians in Ukraine. Isn't it interesting? He was blurting out a few truths. Yeah. We're there and we have our goal is regime change in the whole mess. And yet he that's the biggest problem he has. Yeah. He he inadvertently blurted out the truth in in the, in the propaganda scheme. Yeah. You, know, you didn't repeat the propaganda. The, the, you know, what what did we tell you to say? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said the solution is don't ever let the guy say a one single word yeah. without a teleprompter. And, you know, it, it was amazing. The teleprompter was working. I thought he I thought well, maybe I'm losing it, but I thought, well, he's reading that pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the teleprompter went off and that was when he spoke the nine words and, Supposedly, and that one, yeah. nine words of truth. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? It may have been in the speech. I mean, they're getting pretty bold. But the funny thing is now with this gaffe, this whole idea that we're gaffe meaning truth, that we're training <laughs> in uh, in uh, Ukraine. Let's put up the next clip because this is from the article. When asked about Biden's comments, i.e. the ones that we were just listening to, a White House, White House official told Politico that the U.S. troops are, quote-unquote, interacting with Ukrainian <laughs> soldiers. Here's the quote. There are Ukrainian soldiers in Poland interacting <coughs> on a regular basis with U.S. troops. So they're not training them, Dr. Paul. They're just interacting. Well, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I wonder if they get to play cards yeah. when they do that. <laughs> so. Well, our this last story is, is yeah. Uh, this is this this is your, this is your fun thing. Yeah. You like to do polls. I like read polls. about polls. Only the ones we agree with, though. Oh yeah, that's right. You can make a poll say anything, right? I'll skip the bad ones. <laughs> it, it depends. <laughs> you know, it's so it's so silly because a lot of people do a lot of polls. It's who gets to write the question. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you can get the poll to say anything you want. That's why in politics, if. Uh, if the only poll you believe in politics is the one you paid for, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but all those other ones that are that's all done by political power brokers yeah. to tell you what's really going on, you have to buy the poll yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, I used to work for a polling company, so I know. That. <laughs> Let's put up this next clip. This is from an NBC News poll that just came out. Bad news for Biden. Put up that first one. Biden's job ratings fall to a new low. How low can you go? <laughs> April 2021, 39% disapprove. March 2022, 55% disapprove of how the president is doing as president. 40%, only 40%, a new low, think he's doing a good job. And here's another piece from that poll. If you put up that next one, I think this is telling. Because remember, the president was on TV last week saying, this is Putin's price hike. You're paying more at the pump because of Putin, because he invaded Ukraine. Well, Americans aren't buying it. If you look at that little black thing on the right, that's the percentage of Americans who believe that Russians' invasion of Ukraine is to blame for the rising costs of goods and services. In fact, 38% think it's Biden himself and his policies. 23 believe it's corporate price increases, and another 28 
believed it was a COVID pandemic, but that was the excuse last time. <laughs> There's a new excuse now. Yeah, but there's an inconsistency here because the way I read this, 71% uh, believe the Russian invasion has increased the possibility of nuclear war. <laughs> you, you know, you so <laughs> it's, uh, it's once again uh, sorting out, you, you know, they're pretending they're sorting out truth as long as you take a poll. But the politicians, uh, you know, rightfully because a lot of people are going to respond to that, so the politician has to respond to it. No matter if it's true or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, because well, if you have to contradict a national poll, you got yourself a job. So, but uh, obviously, uh, pe people are, are looking for information uh, that the uh, pe people are concerned. There's no no doubt about it that uh, what, what's going on over there. It's a large number of people. But they don't sort out the difference between, um, between the uh, sanctions and uh, sending troops or something. Yeah. Oh, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to be involved. But more sanctions, more yeah. sanctions, yeah. Uh, which is, uh, that's, uh, that's deception. They're deceiving themselves because, uh, uh, of course, my argument has always been sanctions are an act of war. What would we do if, if uh, foreign ships were in the Gulf of Mexico and we weren't allowed to import anything into the port of Houston? Yeah. We'd be upset. The Texans yeah. wouldn't yeah. put up with that. Exactly. Yeah, so. <laughs> Well, here's a couple of other things from the poll. And by the way, here's the thing that I would be more disturbed about if I was in the White House. This poll was taken before Biden's trip to Europe, oh, where he God. kept stepping on his tongue. Um, let's do this next one. This is how Americans view his ability to manage the Ukraine crisis. The people that, met, that responded that he has very little ability or just some <coughs> ability to manage it is massive. Uh, it's, Almost uh, 70 some percent believe that he does. The people that think he has a great deal of conf uh, ability, 12 percent. Quite a bit, 16 percent. So very, very bad. And the final one about this, if we can click this last one, 82 percent of Americans say they're concerned that the war uh, in Eastern Europe will involve nuclear weapons. Uh, and they're worried that his bungling and bumbling is going to lead us to a nuclear war. Right. So. Anyway, I'm just going to close out by thanking our viewers, thanking our audience. Again, if you're subscribed, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Make sure you're getting our notifications. Make some comments below. Share the show with others. Uh, get people to watch the show. We try to get the truth out uh, or at least provide a different perspective than you'll see in the mainstream media. Let you do some thinking and you do some deciding. That's what we aim to do, and we're grateful for you tuning in every day to the show. Dr. Paul? Very good. And I, I want to close with a little bit of a perverse positive statement because uh, the end is coming to all this nonsense. Uh, uh, we, we are bankrupt and that's going to be painful and very dangerous and there's going to be political danger with this. At, at, the, same, at the same time, uh, you, you know, uh, the, the liberties are going to be uh, taken from us. But empires end for two principal reasons. One is they go broke. And I, I, I still have trouble why people don't think we have a spending problem and they can go with Republican and Democrat. This, this budget they're talking about won't be exactly Biden's budget, but the Republicans and the Democrats will pass a budget because the Republicans will say, we can't vote against one nickel. 
you know, uh, to the military. That would be bad, bad politics and bad symbolism. And the, the other thing that uh, uh, brings empires down is spreading their foreign policy too broadly. And uh, that was back when they didn't have, uh, you, you know, airplanes and missiles and all the kind of things that you can spread your empire too readily. So, and we have done that. We've been too, too involved because not only do we have the big weapons, but we have the interference that we get involved and we get involved in coups. I think the, the epidemic of coups that we participate in will probably precipitate the real anger among many of these countries because in a way, uh, you know, we've been, we talk about it all the time, about 2014, the coup that we orchestrated and we participated in and was a, was a real uh, instigator of what's going on in Ukraine right right now so uh, that that kind of thing lingers so I think we have done, we have uh, met the test uh, if if you have to worry about deficits and uh, and and worry about spreading an empire too thinly around the world I would say we're there and therefore uh, you know that I was mentioned that the dollar was down today which was unusual because it's been unusually strong for these conditions but eventually the dollar will be measured by what it buys and everybody knows the dollar is buying less so the conditions are set there the only thing that we can do to concentrate on is what will it be replaced by and that is the jobs of anybody and all of us who have a glimpse of what true liberty is all about I believe we have a moral obligation to spread that message I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.